Economic news on SAFM. Facts and figures you can count on. So the South African inflation numbers came out yesterday. Uh, what should we make of those? Yeah, Sakina, a very slight increase in the inflation number year on year. So if we look at it relative to the month of April, inflation came in at 5.3% year on year. And if we fast forward that picture one month to the month of May, uh, inflation coming in at 5.4% year on year. So a slight increase, uh, but a lot of it has to do with base effects as well, Sakina. So it's not just what happened in the calendar month of May, but also what, ha- what was happening in the calendar month of April and May last year. So it depends, about w- it depends on which months are coming in out the window and out the window. So, I mean, broadly speaking, you know, unless we're expecting inflation to remain flat at 5.3%, so I suppose slightly disappointing uh, to the upside, uh, you know, with it coming in 0.1 percentage points above what analysts were expecting. And if we look at what was the largest drivers of that Sakina, um, you know, the non-core or rather core, for, uh, core inflation, which basically excludes volatile items like food and, uh, and, 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 and energy costs, um, you know, that remained pretty flat month on month. So, uh, you know, I, I think that was the largest culprit, uh, you know, to the inflation numbers not coming down as analysts had expected. Because, uh, you know, and a lot of analysts saying that uh, food prices are coming under a lot of pressure. We're seeing a record harvest for maize and a record harvest for uh, wheat as well this year. Um, you know, we haven't seen these kind of uh, harvests since the early 1980s, and in fact, even surpassing the numbers of the early 1980s uh, because of, uh, you know, the long drought across the majority of the country being broken because of the rains. Uh, so analysts expecting food inflation to possibly moderate a little bit quicker than what it did. And, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is that it didn't moderate that quickly. Uh, but all in all, Sakina, I think we can all uh, breathe a sigh of relief that, uh, you know, inflation is on a downward trajectory. We can all breathe a sigh of relief that, uh, you know, we could possibly see further downward pressure on inflation given the RAND. Uh, so given, well, the RAND has actually weakened slightly now, but the oil price has certainly come under a lot of pressure, dropping probably a close on 25% from its, uh, from its previous high, um, you know, whereas the RAND has certainly not weakened all that much. So a little bit frustrating that the RAND weakness will take away a bit uh, from, from uh, you know, the, the, the oil price weakness. But all in all, Sakina, I think we can expect the, the, the inflation rate to be within the 3 to 6% target band, uh, you know, for the remainder of the year and possibly looking to pick up from those levels then moving into 20, well, at the back end of 2017, moving into 2018. And Nadir, um, where to now for U.S. equities, given that uh, we're seeing a slowing in share buybacks? Yeah, Sakina, I mean, so let's put these numbers into perspective. Uh, since the global financial crisis, U.S. companies have essentially bought back $3 trillion worth of their own equities, and they've returned back $2 trillion in dividends uh, back to shareholders. So that's a $5 trillion return on, of, of, of capital to shareholders, if you will, um, over the course of the last eight or nine years. Uh, if we look at that in context of what the market cap of the S&P 500 is at around about $21.7 trillion, um, you know, it's a fairly substantial number that has been really providing a strong support base for U.S. equities. We obviously see the massive rally that U.S. equities have had over that period. Uh, we, if you, I mean, if you just turn on uh, any news channel, you'll see a pretty
pretty much, uh, you know, a couple of times a month, the S&P 500 is hitting a new all-time high. And that's really, the, the, you know, this, this big buyback and big dividend return program uh, has really been a massive support base for that U.S. equity returns um, over the last eight or nine years and has probably shielded some uh, fairly subpar top-line growth uh, from companies over, over that period. Um, you know, if you look at the way forward, though, I think we're starting to see earnings growth becoming a lot more entrenched in U.S. equities. I mean, if you look at it, year-on-year, share buybacks dropped by 17.5% by the end of the first quarter of 2017. So we're talking about share buybacks coming in at around about $129 billion uh, over, the, over the first quarter of 2017, relative to um, around about $165 billion for the same period in 2016. So share buybacks been slowing drastically over that period. Um, you know, and share buybacks have two ways of boosting return to investors. One, um, you know, it obviously returns capital to them and it pushes the share price, it pushes share prices up because there's more demand uh, for the shares. And the second reason is that obviously when you reduce the number of shares in issue of a company, you naturally boost the, the earnings per share. So the same level of earnings uh, gives you a higher level of earnings per share because you're reducing the number of shares in issue. Now, if you look at the first quarter of 2017, the U- U.S. companies actually reported their best quarter um, in, in six years since, uh, since the start of 2011, the best quarterly earnings growth in six years, yet so you saw a massive scaling back in the amount of share buyback. So what that tells you is that uh, you know, some top-line growth, some margin accretion is, becoming, is being concretized into better earnings growth for these S&P 500 companies, and uh, you know, we, it's no longer just reliance on this return of capital to shareholders. And I believe that uh, you know, with an improving global backdrop, with these S&P 500 companies having some $1.5 trillion of cash on their balance sheet, which they're gradually starting to uh, deploy into research, development, and investment, so basically capex spending. Um, hopefully that bodes well for ongoing earnings growth on the S&P 500, assuming that these companies can allocate that capital uh, efficiently. So these companies are sitting in a state where they're exceptionally healthy in terms of balance sheets and hopefully leveraging off better earnings growth prospects moving forward as they did in the first quarter of 2017. Well, dear, we'll leave it there for this morning. Thank you so much.